with, with me, YouTube. Assalamu alaikum, Instagram. Wa alaikum salam, Omar. How you doing, man? Um, yeah, Omar, you'll notice that I've just gone live on Instagram as well. I'm live on both at the moment. So, um, yeah, we're just going to record the... Uh, yeah, I know it's early, it's early, I know. But I'm recording the episode of the podcast now. So we're going to do the podcast now, and then I'm going to upload it to the actual podcast platforms in a bit. Um, what's up, Instagram? How you guys doing? Assalamu alaikum. How are you guys today? Uh, we're live on YouTube as well at the moment. Um, if you prefer to watch um, landscape rather than portrait, you can go over to the YouTube channel, the Arabic with Sam channel. Um, yes, yeah, so we're going to record the podcast in just a second. Um, we've got three on YouTube. Assalamu alaikum, you guys on YouTube. We're going to get into the podcast in a second. I'm just going to wait for a few people to join. And then, uh, yeah, I'm going to get into it. Oh, Instagram. Is this the first time you've seen my haircut? Instagram. Actually, no, I think I put something on my story of the day, didn't I? Um, yeah, with the new big haircut. Cool, just the one on Instagram. It's lonely over there. Wa alaikum salam. Naeeman. Allah yana'ma alaik. So what you should say when someone has a haircut. Or you want to get new clothes or anything like that. Naeeman. Naeeman. Cool. Uh, should we start the podcast? Um, we don't want to long it out too much. Assalamu alaikum, sabah al-khair. What's up, guys, on uh, on Instagram? Stu, how's it going, man? Stuart, how's it going? Haven't seen you for a little while. How you doing, man? How's the course going? Thanks for joining me. We're going to do the podcast in a minute. I'm just going to start in, I don't know, 30 seconds or whatever. And uh, we're going to get into episode 26 of the Arabic with Sam podcast. So, um, yeah, I've got a nice little topic for you guys. Stick around to uh, to find out. Wa alaikum salam, akhi. Alhamdulillah. Good stuff. Uh, YouTube, apologies, YouTube. You're not going to have very good sound. Um, but as long as you can hear me, all right, then we're okay. I'm mic'd up only for Instagram. So sorry about that. It's not a... Uh... <laughs> it's my son's coming again. YouTube, those of you guys who were here for our Q&A yesterday, you obviously met my son yesterday. Yusuf, careful. Hi. Yusuf, it's, it's not... You want to say hello again? Say hello. Assalamu alaikum. You've got mommy's charger. Yeah, I've got my charger. Mommy not have lights. Daddy's got two big lights here, hasn't he? Yeah. Okay. Mommy. Should we help them? Should we help them with their Arabic? Yeah. Okay. What should we do? Do you want to teach them Aleph? Ba. Ta. <laughs> Yusuf, where's mummy? Mummy's downstairs. Okay. Should we teach them sign language? How's your sign language? Do you your sign language? Uh, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter? Yeah, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Just use your English then. Doesn't matter. Here we're on YouTube, this one. And here we're on Instagram. Say, Salam alaikum, YouTube. Salamu alaikum. <laughs> Yusuf, no, 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 not eating, not eating my ear. Yusuf, where's mummy? Because <laughs> you want to sit down on here. Well, this is daddy's notes are here for his podcast number twenty-six. 
podcast number 26. Apologies, guys. We'll start the podcast in a minute. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Yusuf, say bye-bye. Hi. No, no, that's the wrong one. Say bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, guys. Sorry, guys. We'll be starting the podcast in a minute. I know I said this about about eight minutes ago that we're going to start the podcast in a minute, but um, we got distracted again. With my little one. Tayyib. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Should we start the podcast? We've got a few of you. Uh, we've got a few of you here on Instagram, a few of you here on, on YouTube. We'll start the podcast, inshallah. So, big intro. I love a good big intro. Um, no, it's not not really. But, um, yeah. So, yeah, we'll start the podcast now. Assalamu alaikum, everybody. This is your favourite Arabic teacher on the entire internet. Your brother, Sam. And a very warm welcome to episode 26 in the Arabic with Sam podcast. How are you guys doing? So today what we're going to talk about is uh, the topic that I have for this week's podcast is six kind of crazy in in, um, in kind of inverted commas um, concepts that you have in Arabic grammar that actually we have in English too. Um, I have actually talked about this a couple of times before but not all is kind of one topic before. Um, you know I've kind of done a video here and here about a certain thing in Arabic grammar and then just kind of reminded the audience that um, you know, and the students that actually we do it in English too, but there are six main things that I've kind of noticed about Arabic that Arabic students always kind of say, you know, this this thing in Arabic grammar is really crazy or really hard. And then when we actually look closely at our own language, it actually transpires that we do it too, right? So so we're going to go through them one at a time and uh, hopefully we'll pick up some, you know, pick up some Arabic grammar that we maybe didn't realise before and, um, yeah, and then realise that actually we do it too in our language. So the first one. It's actually the idea of Arabic having different shaped letters, beginning, middle and end, right? Like, that's, some, that's probably one of the first things Arabic students um, find the most painful about learning Arabic, right? That, like, the Arabic, you have, like, bear on its own, bear beginning, bear middle, bear end. But actually, like, although we kind of fuss over that a lot, it's really the same as what we have in English in many ways. Like, in English, we have a capital letter, and then when we do cursive writing, we do joined up writing, we do, like, bear in the middle with, like, little flicks at the beginning and at the end. And, you know, so we, ha- we have like a different letter, even in, in, even in English, right? If the letter is the beginning of a sentence, or if it's joined up in the middle of a word or at the end of the word. Right? So we actually kind of have that in English too, right? And, and in Arabic, it's not like, like for those of you who are beginners who are watching, like when you're learning the Arabic script, it's not a completely different letter in the beginning, the middle and the end. Like with the letter Burr, for example, as, as I kind of brought it up, with the letter Burr, like there's always going to be a little tooth with a dot underneath. Like, however that letter is written, that's always, that's always, like, the recognisable feature about that letter. And all the letters have this. So, actually, I don't really think it's much different to English. Um, second thing is broken plurals, right? Like, broken plurals, I think, uh, I don't know, people make a big deal out of them because people, often teachers teach them in a way that's really complicated. And, and I teach it in this way, too, but not, not only this way. But, like, 
so what what are broken plurals for a start? Um, guys, give me a thumbs up if you know what broken plurals are. Those of you who are live on on uh, Instagram or Facebook, no, not Facebook. Sorry, I'm not live on Facebook now. YouTube or Instagram. Give me a thumbs up if you know what broken plurals are. So broken plurals are essentially when um, okay, no, some of you don't, some of you don't. So uh, well, I'll just do a quick um, explanation of what a broken plural is. So in English, we make our plurals. Most of the time, we're just adding an S on the end. That's kind of our sound plural in English. We have pen, pens, um, jumper, jumpers, table, tables. But in Arabic, what's more common is to kind of take the root letters, pull them apart a little bit, and put different vowels in between them. So, for example, if we would have the word kitabun, meaning a book, the plural of it is kutub. You kind of take the kaf, the and the bear, you, you open them up and you put different vowels in them, right? And that's, that's, why, that's what, what we mean by broken plurals. We break them up to put different vowels in. And, um, it, you know, like that, and, and we kind of, when we teach that, um, we teach that, we, we show the patterns, right? And the five kind of main ones are af'alun, fu'lun, fu'ulun, fi'alun, and af'alun. Those are kind of the main ones. But, um... You know, in, in in my program, the Arabic in 60 Steps program, I introduce the plurals with the singular. Do you know what I mean? Like, as soon as you learn the word shemsun, it's in brackets next to it, shumusun. As soon as you learn the word qamarun, you learn the plural, akmarun. Right, that's that's how I do it. I just introduce it as a pair, so students kind of build build their memory around it. But, like, in English, we have broken plurals too, right? We have some really weird ones, like, you know... Mouse and mice is obviously is, is a really obvious one, but but isn't like the plural of um, uh, medium media? Like we've got loads of really strange plural like that. And I've, I don't know if it's um is the, is the plural of octopus actually octopi? I don't think you say octopuses, but we have various like irregular plurals, right? And in fact, in English, it's even harder because because we we don't even have a, as good a system of codifying it, right? Like. Like in Arabic, there is a pretty mechanical system of codifying these are the different patterns for broken plurals. But in English, like, it's all a bit of a hodgepodge, really. So the idea of having broken plurals or plurals aren't regular, like we have that in English too, right? And that, that's not just something that exists in Arabic. So that's kind of the second bit of grammar that I want to tell you guys about that. Like, we talk about it being so strange or whatever in Arabic, but actually we pretty much do it. In English, child, children, good stuffs do, yeah? We don't say childs, yeah, all of the childs, all of the children, yeah? We have loads of them like that. Sheep and sheep, sheepses, yeah. Next one is um, using singular nouns with numbers. Like I, like, I think, to be honest, my whole book three in my program is, like, about half of it is just on the numbers, right? Like, there is, there is some really, really funky grammar, um around the numbers like i you know i accept that but um but actually in english we we have some of that too so the rule that that takes a little while for students to kind of get into their head in arabic is is that it's only the numbers between three and ten that you use the plural for so for example like in english we use the plural for all of the numbers above one right like we so the plural for pen is pens right we say two pens three pens, 500 pens, 60 pens, 64 pens, right? But in Arabic, you would only say pens for the numbers three to 10, right? You say like, ثلاثة أقلام. You only use أقلام, that's obviously for three pens. ثلاثة أقلام, أربعة أقلام, خمسة أقلام. Yeah, so, yeah, خمسة أقلام, sorry, there's no uh, there, mistake. But like, so like, 
in Arabic, that's what you do, right? It's only the numbers between three and ten, yeah, that you that you do that with. But um, but in English, we we kind of do something similar to that as well. Like the the other day, I was um, I was driving past the Saints Ground here, um, here in Northampton. It's, this is rugby town. This is this is rugby, rugby region of the country. And um, here in Northampton, we've got like a really iconic rugby stadium. Um, it's called Franklin's Gardens. It's the the, the Saints Ground. And I was like, talking to my wife, and I was telling her, oh, they play an 80-minute match. And I thought to myself, why do I say 80-minute match? Why don't I say 80-minutes match? So, I mean, like, we actually do that in English, too. Like, when we, or even a team, we say it's a 15-man team. We don't say it's a 15-men team. So, I mean, like, sometimes when we're talking about numbers of things in concepts, we actually do that as well. Like, that rule that we've been accusing Arabic of being so strange and crazy of, we actually do it as well in English. If we if we think hard enough, we actually hold ourselves to the same to the same sort of standards of um, you know of scrutiny. Next thing, the third, the fourth thing, sorry, is cases. So we we kind of think of English as um, as not being a casive language, and it, and, it, and it isn't most of the time, but it is with pronouns. So like, let, let, let me show you, tell you what I mean. Well, what I mean by cases, for those of you who aren't sure what cases are. Essentially, cases are where a word will look slightly different depending on where it is in the sentence, right? So let's take Arabic as the example, obviously. If we take the word qalam, yeah. Um, if I'm going to say, um, if I'm going to, if the word qalam is the object of a sentence, something like, استخدمتُ القلم, I used the pen, yeah. al is the way I would say it there. If it say something like, if we're just talking about um, um, if we were just, if I was just saying a pen, right, and there was no other context around us saying a pen, I'd say qalamun or al-qalamu. So sometimes it's al-qalamu, sometimes it's al-qalama, and then there are other times when it would be al-qalami, yeah? That's what case is, right? And although we don't do that with our normal nouns, we do that with our pronouns in English. So we have, we have words that mean the same thing. But they're just different ways of expressing it, depending on what case the word is. So for example, I and me. Yeah. So like I is the pronoun that we use if it's the subject of the sentence. So I'd say I am using the pen. I am on Instagram. I am an Arabic teacher, blah, blah, blah. But I can't say me is an Arabic teacher or me is using the pen. Right. Like all that is is a matter of case. We do that, too, in English. Right. And that difference that I'm explaining is the difference in Arabic between using Anna and using E on the end of the word. That's that's basically all the difference that, that I'm talking about. And actually, we do that in English, too. Uh, next one is verb forms. So in, in Arabic, there are kind of main, there are kind of ten main verb forms that we use. Um, there are more, um, there are more, but um, they're so rare that we we don't even teach them in like you know, in any kind of um, recognised and standard curriculum. We don't even teach um, forms like eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen because they're just so rare. There are a couple in the Quran and and dotted around here and there, but they're just so rare. They're not they're not worth like a whole chapter in a curriculum. So, um, but we actually kind of have it as well. And then like, so like in Arabic, what verb forms are is you'll have the root of a verb. Let's take like the verb selima. Yeah, and the verb selima means to be peaceful or to have peace, really. It's where the word salam comes from, meaning peace. But then there's the verb salama, which we call the form two, or it's in the pattern fa'ala, salama. That's where we put a shadda on the, on the middle one. And that means to kind of wish peace on someone else. Yeah. So selima, the form one, to have peace. Selema is to kind of wish peace on someone else and also means to greet someone else. Um, the verb isteslema, 
the form 10, right? It's that slimmer. Right? Is, is, to, is to submit or to give up, right? So it means like to, to end up having peace by, to seek peace, right? Giving up is a way of seeking peace. Um, and then the form four, eslema, means to, means to kind of submit peacefully to God, right? Which is where we get the, the word Islam from. And the, and the active participle is the, is, is the word Muslim. So, um, so, so that's what you have in Arabic. That's kind of what we're talking about in Arabic. But in English, we do something kind of similar. So, so let's say like we have the verb to write in English. Other verb forms of that are things like to co-write. You know, like to co-write is a little bit like the forms three and the form six, right? The kind of reci- reciprocal, right? So like the verb tesa'ele um, means people to ask one another, right? Or qatele um, or means to fight each other, yeah? So like we can kind of say to co-write something, yeah? If two people are writing something together, then they're co-writing it. Or if we have um, to... What else? Can you can you unwrite something? I don't think you can really, but but some verbs you can do that with, right? You can un you can undo something. You can you can even de de something like the verb humanize. You can dehumanize, right? Those those are those are the equivalent in a meaning sense to Arabic verb forms. Um, the last one is um, something which we call ten years. Those of you who are in my book four will will probably know about ten years. The word temiz itself actually means discrimination. Um, we mentioned it in podcast episode 23 or 22 or whatever, when I talked about like political vocab. Um, for those of you who are interested in that, being able to read newspapers and talk about politics and stuff in Arabic, go, go back and check out that episode of the podcast. Um, the, yeah, because the word temiz means discrimination. But it is a grammar rule as well. And what it means in grammar is um, it's the Arabic equivalent of this. In English we can make the superlative out of a word by just adding er or est on the end, right? Or the comparative by adding er, superlative by adding est. So for example, the word big, we can make it bigger or biggest, yeah? We can make the comparative or the superlative, right? We can do that with the word big, bigger, biggest. We can do it with small, smaller, smallest. We can do it with, um, we can do it with great, greater, greatest. But we can't do it with, with more complicated words. So, for example, let's say the word humble. We can't, we can't, can we say humbler and humblest? We, we, it's more likely that we'd say he's more humble, or he's less humble, or he's um, humbler doesn't sound right. It sounds like a region in the north. Um, we'd say he's more humble or the most humble. Do you know what I mean? We're, we're not so likely to say he's the humblest or the most humble. Or like um, progressive, maybe an adjective like progressive. We don't say it's the progressivist nation or it's the or, you know, um, Scotland is progressiver than whatever country. Right. We, we, we don't say that. Yeah. Tired, more tired. We don't say tired or tired, more tired, tired. We definitely don't say tiredest because that sounds mental. We tired. No, we don't say tired or tiredest, do we? Yeah. More tired or most tired or or less tired, or whatever. So that's the same, right? And that's what we use temiz for in Arabic. So like in, in, in Arabic, normally, with kind of the more simple adjectives, we would just use what we call the elative, the eff'alu pattern. So that's why kabir, nice simple adjective, becomes akbar, to mean bigger or biggest. Sagir becomes asghar, to mean the biggest or bigger. Um, you know, jameel becomes ab- 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 ajmal, to be the most beautiful or the beautifulest, right? 
But uh, in Arabic, you can't do that with a word like, word like open-minded, yeah, mutafateh. For it's actually for all derived forms, right? So a word like mutafateh, meaning open-minded, we can't we can't like squeeze the adjective mutafateh into the afalu pattern, like am 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 fateh or something. That's not a word, right? You, you can't. It's, it's not the right amount of letters. It's not the right pattern to squeeze into the afalu normal elative pattern. So you do something called temiz, right? So if you're gonna say if you're gonna say um, he is more open-minded than me, yeah, you can say huwa akthar minni mutafatihan, yeah, and you do this and this on the end mutafatihan in the monsoub, right? Mutafatihan is because it's tamiz, right? But that's the same as what we have in English, right? The, the case stuff isn't the same as what we have in English, but the, the concept of needing to say akthar more mutafatih, he's more open-minded. You know, we, we don't say he's open-mindeder than me, or he's the open-mindedest person, person in the class. You know, we can't say that. So those are six things that um, we kind of accuse of being like crazy bits of Arabic grammar. Um, that there is in Arabic that actually, when we look carefully, we have in English too. We will. Um, those of you guys who are going to be listening on the podcast later. Um, I might keep it keep it rolling and allow people to ask some questions if they have any. We don't have that many people here, so there might not be. And it's also a bit early in the day. We don't usually have live Q&As at this time. But um, we'll perhaps leave it open. If there are any comments or anything at all, then... Um, yeah. Then, uh, yeah, I'll scroll through uh, Instagram and through YouTube and see if we do have any questions. Um Yeah. So yeah, like I, I don't think that that English and Arabic share those concepts of grammar because I borrowed them from each other or anything. But like, you know, so sometimes, sometimes even languages that have evolved in completely separate contexts and stuff end up just with similar things. Do you know what really? Do you know what really amazes me sometimes is when different cultures have the same kind of sayings. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, like you might have two cultures that have evolved in completely different places that have the same. Yeah, have the same like um, like proverbs and stuff. You know, like in English, we have this saying: "A woman makes a house a home." Yeah, we we, we have that saying in English. I know feminists will be up in arms about it, but like people have been saying that in England for, for years and years. Um, my mum always used to say it: "A woman makes a house a home." Yeah, like in Somali, even they have that expression. They have "hawen laane wahoi laan." They they have they have that same expression even in Somali. It means the same thing. Like, but they haven't, it's obviously not borrowed from each other, do you know what I mean? They're, they're, they're too, you know, but, but like, perhaps it is just, perhaps it is just a human thing that we have that saying because, because it's a human thing that, that women usually have a primary role, their primary role is in the home, right? So like, and that is just cross cultures. So like maybe just all cultures just have that. I don't know. Um, yeah, that, that fascinates me when, 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 when we notice things like that. Cool. Um, right, we'll, we'll end the podcast there, inshallah. Um, yeah, we'll end it. Um, do you know what podcast? Um, podcast, those of you guys who are listening, I don't want to edit this, so um, th- there's going to be a bit more audio now because I'm going to be chatting to these guys on Instagram and YouTube. I'm going to leave it recording, but if you're only interested in that episode of the podcast, you can just leave now and uh, go and get on with the rest of your day. So, um, oh, yeah, yeah, by the way, podcast, guys, before you go... Um, I do have a little a little announcement for you guys. 
Um, there are only six days left for you to get 10% off the new Arabic in 60 Steps program. So um, please go to my website, inshallah, Arabic in 60 Steps. Um, dot com and you can go and check that out inshallah because this year th this new program is um yeah it's it's really unique like i'm doing things on it that i've never seen online programs do before so for example like i've never seen online programs offer you your own mentor for, for months on end right but like as soon as you join the program i'll assign you your own arabic language learning mentor who will be in touch with you every week and will give you advice and answer any quick questions and stuff like that so um yeah, so that's obviously really unique. Another thing is I've written an entire workbook for this as translation exercises and, you know, different exercises and stuff for you to do to practice for each of the steps. And um, yeah, and then there's also inside the new book, there's actually journal space as well. So with each step, there's a little space that kind of asks you, like, how is your Arabic going? Make sure you use the space to write down questions to ask your mentors, um, you know, document how your process is going. And then there's also some space to write your own phrases. Because we like to encourage students to kind of make the journey their own a little bit. And often students hear phrases that are useful for their own interests and stuff. So I have space in the workbook and journal for that. That's kind of an, an, an addition that, um, yeah, that, that, that we've added in this year's, uh, yeah, year's programme. As well as having a closed Facebook group, right? Like in the, in, in the Arabic in 60 Steps programme, we've never had a closed Facebook group before for the students and for the mentors to engage with you and, you know, and for, and for us to be... Um, you know, talking really regularly and keeping you engaged. Cash prizes as well. For any of you guys who have who have an issue with the price of the course, you could earn all the money back because we, we're doing cash prizes every month. So, like, if you're a really engaged student, you could earn all your money back. Do you know what I mean? The course isn't an expensive one anyway. But, like, even if it was a little bit out of your budget or whatever, don't worry about it because you could earn that money back, you know, on on, on the program. So... So that's really cool too. And then live Q&As as well. Even you guys who are in Canada or in the... U I'm going to sneeze. Oh no. On a live stream as well. I might not sneeze. I think we're okay. So. We're also doing live Q&As. So even if you're in USA or Canada, um, I've set up a live Q&A that we're going to do in the, in the Facebook group, the closed Facebook group, for Vancouver time, for New York time, and for London time. So I'm going to be staying up until 2 o'clock in the morning to do the Vancouver time one, but happy to do it for you guys. And um, yes, there's all kinds of cool stuff actually in the program. So just wanted to give a shout out to that because there's still six days you can still get 10% off. So uh, yeah, enjoy. Podcast guys, if you're listening on iTunes, please leave a rating if you're on iTunes. Um, and whatever platform you're on, if you can subscribe, then please subscribe, inshallah, as well. Uh, that would mean the world to me. And perhaps what's even more important to me is that you share it. Um, that's, that's the thing that helps even more than anything. And, uh, you know, helps me to reach more Arabic language enthusiasts who share my passion and want to be part of it as well. So, um, yeah. So I'll see you guys in the next one podcast, guys. Uh, next week's episode is I'm going to be doing an interview with one of the mentors who's on the Arabic in 60 Steps program. It's a brother called Mohammed who's very active in the comments and stuff in our live streams. And um, yeah, we're going to have Mohammed as a guest on the podcast. He's going to come down from his home in the north, uh, come down to Northampton. We're going to have lunch. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to interview him about his experience in the Arabic in 60 Steps program. Because that's something really cool as well, actually. He's an ex, he's an ex Arabic in 60 Steps student. So he's someone who's completed the program. And he's good enough that he can be one of the mentors on the program now, which is um, a really beautiful um, thing for me to see. We to actually witness a student go from being a complete beginner, doing my program, and now they're able to actually teach and mentor later students as well. It's um, yeah, it's pretty special to me. It's, it's pretty cool. 
Yeah, okay, so podcast, so, so podcast guys, that's actually, uh, that's actually it now. That's actually the end of the episode of the podcast. So uh, catch you guys in the next one. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Oh, YouTube, I'm not actually going. I'm not going, with, I'm not going from you guys. I was just saying goodbye to the podcast guys who are going to be listening here. Because some people are on the podcast. Um, they're just listening to the podcast later. And uh, they don't want to listen to your questions. You know, they don't want to listen to you. Do you know what I mean? They, they just want to get on with their day. So, um, yeah. Is there an easy way to memorise the ten verb forms? My best advice would be not to memorise the verb forms. Um, it, w- it would just be to learn verbs that happen to be in those forms. And, and eventually, unless you're interested in becoming a teacher, um, then you actually need to do them. But I, to be honest, I, I think even memorising vocab, memorising rules, memorising forms and stuff, like, I think that's quite boring. Um, for you, I know it's not boring for me. I, 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 love to, I love to sit down and memorise verb forms. But, um, but for, for most students, that's, that's quite boring, really. But really, what I think the students should be focused on is just learning things that they're actually going to use and say in their lives. So rather than, I don't know, rather than, rather than learning the forms, rather than learning, you know, fa'ala, 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 af'ala, you know, tafa'ala, tafa'ala, infa'ala, ifta'ala, what else is there? Af'ala, and then istaf'ala. Rather than learning all of those, just learn for a form one, a verb that you're actually going to use in your real life, like ekala ya'kulu, you know, to eat. And then for the form two, a verb you're actually going to use sallama yusallimu. Um, and then, you know, for the form three, a verb you're actually going to use maybe qatala yuqatilu, to, to fight someone. Maybe for the form four, a verb you're actually going to use, like um, a'lana, to announce something. Um, um for the form five, the tahammasa. Um, يتحمسوا, like to be enthusiastic or excited about something. For the form six, learn the verb tasa'ala, people to be asking each other something. For the form seven, learn um, in, um, maybe in um, to split up something. For the form eight, to, to believe something. You know, like for, for each of the verb forms, learn, learn a verb that you're actually going to use in your real life. I, I think that's just a more fun way for the students to engage with the language and you know, like I, I know in my program, I do actually teach the patterns, right? But but in the program, we have more time than what we have in you know Instagram Live. So, um, you know, so generally, generally, my advice to the students would just be to try to make it as fun for yourself as possible because Shaitan will come to you a number of times, um, you know, throughout your journey learning Arabic and try to make you quit. Like that that'll happen a number of times. Sorry, YouTube. I know I just cut out. Um, yeah, it was because uh, there was a call coming in on my wife's phone. So, um, yeah. Um, cool. So, Ahmad, let me just check your question, inshallah. I thought I answered your question, Ahmad. That question. So, Ahmad actually has a nice question. I'll, I'll, I'll repeat it as well, actually, because it might be useful for the Instagram guys and everyone else. So, Ahmad has this issue. Oh, no, it wasn't you who asked me. It was someone else who asked me it. Gosh, yeah, two, two very active students have had the same question in the past couple of days. It was brother Yasin who asked that question as well. Yasin, representing Utah. Aren't there loads of Mormons in Utah? That's what Utah's famous for, isn't it? Salt Lake City? Anyway, anyway. So, yeah, so Ahmad had this question um, about when he's translating texts from Arabic into English, or, or when he's just reading Arabic texts. In his head, he needs to translate it into English first before he can understand it. Like... To be honest, I don't think that's a problem at the moment, right? Like, that's not a problem right now. Um, and, and that 
that is something that will fade away as you're stronger with the vocab itself. Because there are certain habits that your brain develops when you're learning Arabic. And one of them is that when you just become more confident with the words, for example, let's let's take a word like let's take a word like bayton, right? So if we take the word bayton, in the beginning, in your head, you're thinking bayton means a house, and a house means like this, right? The actual house thing. But as you get stronger, as you get stronger with those words, bayton doesn't mean house anymore. Bayton directly means the concept, right? And as you get stronger with that vocab, it will become a nuisance to translate into English first. Like you, well, when you get stronger with the vocab, you, you'll, just, you'll just read a text in Arabic and you'll understand it in Arabic and you'll know it in Arabic, right? And that's, that, that is just something very natural that happens. And the same thing is actually with, um, the same thing is actually with reading with harakat, right? Like in the beginning, a lot of students are like, they just always need harakat, right? Like harakat needs to be there for them to read anything. But like when you get a bit more confident with that bit of vocab, or with, you know, whatever grammar or whatever's going on in, in, given, in the given text, the harakat becomes a nuisance in the end. Like the same way it becomes a nuisance to translate stuff in your head in Arabic to English you to understand it. It becomes a nuisance having all of this visual clutter in the page, right? Like, you know, if, if you have some word, if you have some words that you've seen a thousand times, you don't need the the kasra and dhamma and sukun and shadda on it, right? It's, it's in the way. Do you know I mean? You can just read and write so much quicker just without it. So, um, yeah, so it, it, it's not a question of training yourself out of that. It's a question of just training yourself in the vocab. That's, that, that's more what the question is about. A uh, question from Brother Mujahid. Assalamu alaikum. After completing the Arabic course, what level can our, Arabic, uh, can our understanding of Arabic be? I would place you at advanced slash independent. Independent is a term that I've kind of, I've kind of coined that term um, for, for an Arabic level. The, the, the main objective for the Arabic in 60 Steps program is for you to be independent by the time you finish it. I can't, I can't tell people that you're, gonna be ma- that you're gonna have mastery over Arabic. Like 60 lessons just isn't enough for that. But, um, but what you will, will have is independence in Arabic. So let's say like you can read an Arabic, you, you, you'll be able to read a decent amount of Arabic texts, right? You'll be able to understand a decent amount of Arabic lectures. You'll, understand, you'll be able to piece together the bits of grammar and the vocab that's going on. But you'll always come across words that you just don't know. Like I, I just can't teach people out of that. I can't. I, like I, I can't. I can't do sixty lessons that that put you at a level of like fluency or mastery. But I can put you at a level of independence. Like I can put you at a level where you have enough that you can navigate your way through Arabic without needing English anymore. Right. So, um, yeah. So you, by the end of the program, students can use an Arabic to Arabic dictionary. Students can you know read texts in Arabic directly and directly appreciate them. So um. Yeah, so that, 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 that's the kind of level. But, but if you want, like, all of the details are on the website, arabicin60steps.com. Um, perhaps I'll put it in the comments here. I don't know if I can, perhaps I can put it in the comments. Um, I'll put the HTTPS at the beginning as well. Because I, I, I don't know if I can put links in, in the Instagram comments. Um, arabicin60steps.com. Post it, see if it works. Yeah. Oh, sorry, bro. Um... Sorry, Ahmad, I didn't see your previous question. Um, 
I don't remember learning all of these grammar terms, even though I certainly would have when learning English. Um, yeah, so it's, I suppose it depends what education system you're in learning English. Um, um, yeah, um, depends. Like the, the like the way I've written I've written my program is that I use quite a lot of grammar terms in the beginning, like adjective, noun. Um, accusative, genitive, nominative, like I use those terms in the beginning because my program is written for people who live in UK, USA and Canada and the current education systems in those countries are grammar heavy. Like I, like if I'd written my program 10 years ago, I wouldn't have written it the way that I've written it now because when I was at school, we did not learn grammar. I didn't learn what a noun was until I learned Spanish at college, right? Like I, you know, so so it's, it's deliberately written for that. Maybe if, I don't know, if, you, if, if your English education, like mine when I grew up was... Um, was not a grammar heavy one, um, then uh, then then you wouldn't have. Um, Abdurrahman, you do not have only forty five videos in the Arabic and Sikh Studies program. You should have about fifty now, um, and the others will be in there today, inshallah. Um, yeah, yeah. This this year I sort of dripped the content. I didn't want people trying to complete the program too quickly. So some people get a bit ahead of themselves and they watch the first video and they think they know it all and then they just skip to step 48. Do you know what I mean? Like, the, you know, the, the course is for people who are beginners, right? And if, you, if you're not really a beginner and you're not prepared to um, um, go through it at the right pace and, and in the right order, then it, it might not be the right program for you. Yeah. Are we good, guys? Captain Strawberry, excellent, qu <laughs> excellent point. Arabic isn't very hard; it just takes time for your brain to get used to it. One hundred percent agree. It's not that it's yeah, it's not that it's hard. It's just that it's different for a lot of people, especially us, like from an English-speaking background. Because not it's not that it's hard. Like in fact, the grammarians for over a thousand years have put really like um comprehensive rules together they just learn do you know what i mean like there are rules and you learn the rules and you use the rules but so sometimes you just need time it's, yeah sometimes it's not even just about learning the rules it's about giving yourself time because like yeah because i, I remember and like I've, I've heard this from a lot of other arabic students right that that sometimes you're learning arabic for a year let's say you do your first year learning arabic like and then you have your summer holiday and you don't do any arabic and then you come back a lot of the time, people are stronger when they come back. And it's not because they're so well-practiced in Arabic. They've been drilling their Arabic for, for months. It's not that, because they haven't. It's just because their brain has just accepted it. Like, it's, it's, it's really interesting, actually. I've heard this from even people like myself who just learned in London. And then I've also heard it from people who are, like, stu students from the Islamic University of Medina. I've, I've heard it from all kinds of students, so that's, that's definitely the case. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, grammar was placed maybe after the Prophet, yeah, so the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam didn't, didn't, didn't say anything during his time about the codification of grammar, although Ali ibn Abi Talib radiallahu an, he did, um, yeah, um, so, so it's, it's, it's among the generation of the companions, um, who, yeah, it's, it's the first generation of Islam, the people who, who codified grammar, um, yeah.
So how do people learn correct Arabic before? So, so good question, right? People didn't, other than just through immersion. People didn't study grammar before that. Um, yeah, people didn't. People didn't. Um, you know, and also like, you know, grammar, as well as writing Arabic with harakat, it's for the benefit of non-Arabs, really. Like it's like the early Arabs during the time of the Prophet they're speaking the language in which the Quran is revealed in, right? So like they, they don't really need to study grammar today. Arabs need to study grammar today because the Arabic that they're speaking in day-to-day -day life isn't the isn't isn't the Arabic that the Quran has been sent down in, right? So. Yeah, but back then there wasn't the demand for grammar, nor was there the demand for reading reading with harakat, because the people who were reciting the Quran were native Arabic speakers, and not only that, they were speakers of the Arabic that the Quran was sent down. So, like the use of harakat was only really necessary when non-Arabs started learning to recite the Quran. It's a really funny argument when people when people like when I mention this to other Arabic teachers and stuff, they say, "Is, is that really an argument that people make?" But like people actually make the argument that. Because early, um, because early manuscripts of the Qur'an um, don't have harakat, and that means that we don't know how to read it properly. No, that's why they didn't have harakat, right? <laughs> like, yeah, it's a silly argument, but yeah. Um... Cool, right, guys, we're going um, to call it a day, inshallah. There's only one person who stuck with me on Instagram, so you guys are obviously getting bored of me, getting bored of my face. Um... My skin looks a lot better on YouTube than it does on Instagram. I look a bit blotchy. Us white people, sometimes when we press our skin, we get kind of blotches. But you can't really see it on YouTube. Don't know why that angle's better. Anyway. Let's call it a day, guys. Let's go and get on with our lives. Hope you guys have a really, really nice day. That's it. Have a nice day. Enjoy on Wednesday. We're going to be doing episode eight of um, yeah. We're going to be doing episode eight of the Hadith series, and uh, yeah, that's that's what we've got to look forward to, inshallah. And uh, yeah, catch you guys in the next one. Instagram first and foremost. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. We're going to end you now. Ma'asalame.